You are listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from to empower couples everywhere to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. This show is hosted by the budget-savvy bride herself, Jessica Bishop, along with me, Sari Wienerman, her Real Weddings editor. We've got a ton of fun stuff to unpack with you today, so before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. If you're just getting started with planning your wedding, you absolutely have to pick up a copy of the Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. This book has literally been described as the wedding planning Bible. No joke. The book is part workbook, part how-to guide, and it walks you through every single step of planning your big day. From laying the foundations for your wedding vision and budget, to checking off every detail along the way, the budget-savvy wedding planner and organizer will help you stay on track and on budget. And at only $7.99 on Amazon, you'll be sure to score tips and ideas that will save you thousands on your big day. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com slash book to get your copy today. Welcome back to another episode of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today, we're talking all about the traditions that further reinforce your union during your wedding ceremony. These traditions can take a lot of different forms, but the one that's probably most recognizable is the unity candle. So we're going to talk all about the history of the unity candle, some different alternatives, a lot of other ideas that you can use if you are particularly interested in reinforcing the union of you and your new spouse. Let's get started. Let's do it. I think it's funny because the unity candle... I think a lot of people do affiliate it with a religious ceremony, which probably is because it's a very popular thing at Christian weddings, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's something I've seen dozens of times at weddings I've attended. I feel like I haven't seen it as often, but that's probably because I've gone to mostly Jewish weddings. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) So a lot of people think that it is a Christian thing because it is so popular at Christian weddings, but that's not necessarily true. A lot of what we found talks about how in the Christian faith, there's a lot of symbolism with light and candles. You might be able to speak to this a little bit more than me, but that's sort of why this idea of a flame from the bride and a flame from, let's say, the groom come together to form a flame on one united candle became so popular for Christian weddings because it included that also like flame symbolism. Right. And I think there's some ties biblically. There's like a specific Bible verse that's often referenced in relation to a unity candle ceremony. So Genesis 2 verse 24 says, therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife and they become one flesh. So I guess that is kind of that symbolism of the two flames coming together as one. Usually it seems the mother of the bride and the mother of the groom light the candles and that marks the symbolism of their family's coming together in one so they light it and then hand it off to the bride and groom who then light the one 
joint candle, bringing both sides of the families together. Yeah, it's another one of those rituals where it does tie in that symbolism of the two families joining together as one as part of this couple getting married. This is probably the most common or most popular unity ceremony or unity ritual within the overall wedding ceremony that I'm familiar with. But I'm curious for you, is there a different one that is more popular in the Jewish tradition? Actually, there's a few, but I think the most popular and recognizable would be the smashing of the glass. Oh, yeah. That is meant to cement the union of the bride and groom and It said that you smash the glass there so that you're preemptively getting any bad juju out of the way. (laughs) Now that the glass has been smashed, you're ready to go and you're safe. Oh, I kind of like that. It's like, okay, we've gotten our first mishap out of the way because we just smashed the glass and now only good things from now on, right? (laughs) Exactly. It's actually a really great wedding blog called Smashing the Glass, and it's specifically for Jewish brides. Love it. Yeah. The founder is actually British. She's here in London. Oh, so cool. Yeah, they have a great Instagram, a great community, specifically for Jewish brides. Another unity kind of ritual that some Jewish couples do is signing the ketubah. And it's usually pretty fancy in terms of how it's decorated. And it's a document, but there's often the tree of life on it. And it symbolizes that it's a contract validated before the wedding. So the couple, a rabbi or cantor, and also witnesses participate in signing it, which is kind of like a marriage contract that you might do, you know, regardless of religious affiliation. Like Um, a marriage license, you mean? Yes, that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm literally in Bridgerton. Marriage contract. (laughs) Oh my God, have you finished it? I did. I would run away with the Duke of Hastings and forget everything else in my life at this point. (laughs) (laughs) You burn for him. Totally burn for him. (laughs) Oh my God. Even though a lot of people might assume that the unity candle ceremony is particularly a Christian thing or maybe associated with a Christian wedding, there's actually no reference to a unity candle at all in the Bible, at least not as it pertains to weddings. But many Christians associate the flame with the power of the Holy Spirit, and so they work that belief into their wedding ceremonies, and that's kind of like where this unity candle ceremony came from. And it's relatively new. The custom became popular in the second half of the 20th century in American Christian weddings. But this is a fun tidbit. So it became pretty mainstream because of an episode of General Hospital. Oh. So in 1981, there was an episode of General Hospital. And I found this in a few different articles that a lot of people were talking about how this episode propelled the unity candle into like popular practice. That's hilarious. And my mother was a general hospital watcher. So I'll have to ask her if she remembers which wedding that was. (laughs) Oh my God, you do. We need to know. Yeah. I should text Dorothy right now and ask her. (laughs) (laughs) You should. I'll text her. Put Dorothy on the spot. Do you remember a wedding on General Hospital in the 80s where they did a unity candle in their wedding ceremony? We'll see. We'll see if she gets back. Yeah, so that is a very good point, though, that it's not actually just a Christian tradition. So people, regardless of religious affiliation or faith or anything, 
a lot of people do choose to use the unity candle just truly because it's a beautiful moment of symbolism. But we have come across so many different alternatives to a unity candle to achieve that same symbolism of the joining of the two people. So I think we should go through because there's some really great ideas for, you know, people looking to do something like this at their wedding. Yeah, there's so many different creative options. And I know we featured some really unique ones, even within the real weddings that we featured on the Budget Savvy Brides. So we have lots of different ideas to share, which are really fun. One of the ones that I really liked, and we'll share it in the show notes, was a wedding where they used, instead of a unity candle, it was a sand. Yeah, like a sand ceremony. It's funny because I never know if you should call it a ritual or a ceremony. It's like a mini ceremony within your wedding ceremony. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I think especially for one thing in particular, the thing about the unity candles is if you're dealing with flames, you know, if you're outdoors and it's windy, it's not always the best conditions for that sort of thing. So what I see, especially with beach weddings in particular, is a sand ceremony, which is cool because it ties into like the overall theme of being at the beach. But a lot of times couples will use different colors of sand and they'll each pour in a little bit back and forth. And it makes kind of a cool pattern in the clear vase that they combine the sand into. And so it's another symbolism of combining two into one, and then you're left with a fun keepsake to remember your wedding ceremony, as long as you don't knock it over and mix all the sand together. Oh, that would, that would be sad. So another one that we have seen sort of similar to that is a pebble box, where they took a shadow box and they poured in some white pebbles And this symbolized the beginning of their adventures together. And they would add a new shell or pebble into the box every year or every so often when they travel. I love that. I think that's so cute. Right. Well, and just imagine like filling that up throughout your lifetime and knowing that it started at your wedding ceremony, but then you've added to it over time as you've added memories throughout your relationship. So I really love the symbolism of that. Me too. Love the sentimentality. Yeah. A lot of the things that we have seen as alternatives to a unity candle incorporate that sort of like sappy vibe with like an artistic vibe. One that I loved was painting a picture. So this couple had an easel with a canvas on it and their officiant actually walked them through creating this artistic piece together. Oh, Um, a guided painting experience. uh Uh-huh. Interesting. So what did the ultimate piece of artwork turn out like? Was it pretty? (laughs) Well, I think the caveat there is that the bride and groom were both artistic people. So Ah. yes, it did come out pretty. And I would assume it ended up in their house somewhere. It was two artists. So that's helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know it's going to come out okay. Yeah. Another interesting one that we featured on the blog was a couple who did a chemical reaction for their unity ceremony. Were they scientists? You know, I don't know in particular. I don't think they shared that. I guess we could assume that they were into uh, science. Describe the chemical reaction. They had two different liquid chemicals that they poured into one beaker and it created a little vapor display. 
I think if you have a wedding on or around Halloween, you are now obligated to do that. Absolutely. I love it. (laughs) And I've seen, not on ones that we've featured in particular, but I have seen other weddings on the interwebs where the couple if they are scientists or doctors or something of that nature, they have wedding favors in beakers or like little vials, even like a shot or something that they serve at their reception. It's like a jello shot or something. Cute. Yeah. I love when couples integrate their personal interests and hobbies and even professions into those details of their day. And I think this unity ceremony is a really great way to do that, especially because there are so many different things that you can do. Why not make it something that feels really representative of the two of you? I completely agree. We've seen so many examples of that. If you are a wine lover, this is a great time to indulge in wine together as your unity ceremony, or maybe even we've seen whiskey, you know, alcohol of choice. But often drinking of some sort of alcohol is incorporated, you know, usually wine or champagne or something like that. I'm recalling last week's episode, something old, new, barred, and blue, because we talked about having a old bottle of wine as your something old, and then maybe you drink it as your unity ceremony. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I've seen all sorts of blending of different wines or different whiskeys or bourbons or whatever the case might be. And then why not raise a glass and have a toast there in the middle of your ceremony? (laughs) Why not? It's a celebration, after all. Something fun that we also found going the opposite direction from wine or whiskey was a Lego heart that they built for their unity ceremony. So like a heart made out of Legos. And so cute because their first date was to see the Lego movie. Oh, So how cute is that? Yeah. I love that. Another popular idea that I've seen is when a couple will plant a tree or a potted plant together. If you're having your wedding outdoors and it's somewhere meaningful, to you maybe like a family member's backyard who knows maybe you want to plant an actual tree in the ground that would be amazing and then you can watch it grow up throughout your relationship together or if you want to do it in a pot where you can take it home with you and keep it in your home and nurture it together (laughs) as newlyweds that's a really fun idea as well and I love the idea of planting something living that is going to grow with you and with your marriage throughout your relationship. That's really sweet. And another option too that we've seen a lot of is not only to include just the bride and groom, but to even include the rest of your guests, which unfortunately COVID times could be a little bit harder to do, but things like passing a rope where you pass around a rope to each guest and after the last guest has held it, It gets returned back to the bride and groom who then braid it together or tie an actual knot into it, symbolizing both the union of them together and the support from everybody that they love. Oh, I've never seen that kind of like variant on it. But that's another really important one to bring up, actually, is literally tying the knot is another popular iteration of a unity ceremony. So is that where the phrase tie the knot came from? You know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I should know. Should we look it up? We have to. Okay. So the phrase tie the knot comes from a wedding tradition 
almost as old as time itself, the hand fasting ceremony, which is another really, really important one that we have to touch on in this episode. It's an ancient Celtic practice, and it dates back to the medieval era. Basically, it literally binds couples together in matrimony by tying knots of cloth or rope around their hands. We've seen hand fasting ceremonies that we featured on the blog. Yeah. I didn't realize that's where Tie the Knot started. There you go. Tying it all together. Oh, how dare you. (laughs) I'm always here for the corny jokes, okay? I love it. I absolutely love it. And it is another really popular one, and there are several weddings that we've featured on Budget Savvy Bride that incorporated that hand fasting ceremony. So we'll be sure to link to those in the show notes as well. It is a literal representation of tying the knot. All those jokes that they make about, oh, you're married, the old ball and chain, you're tying yourself to this person for life. I guess it's all kind of (laughs) Uh related in some way, right? Really romantic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, hand fasting ceremonies is interesting. Hand fasting ceremonies originated in Scotland and they're linked with paganism. So a little different and obviously predated Christianity. So the hand fasting ceremony is probably the oldest version of a unity ritual that exists in weddings, I would guess. Yeah, I think you're right. It also says that during the Middle Ages, the practice was already in full swing, but Instead of representing the actual marriage union, the hand fasting ceremony was part of the betrothal or engagement period. Oh. And it was a ritual used to strengthen the bond of the soon to be wedded couple before the official binding ceremony. Now, when they say binding ceremony, does that mean the binding of their hands together or like the binding of their union? Questionable. Unsure. And probably both. Honestly. Yeah. Well, whatever way that you choose to either literally or figuratively tie the knot, (laughs) something that we should just touch on with this episode specifically is the importance of doing things that feel right to you. Because I've heard a lot of brides even be super worried about why is a unity candle so expensive? It's true. There's a whole market out there for getting candles that are ornately decorated and are specifically meant to be used for a unity ceremony. But if this isn't the most important thing in your you know, list of priorities, it might not be where you want to spend your budget. So maybe you have candles that were passed down through your family that you want to use. Maybe you make your own candles to use for your ceremony. Maybe you don't even have candles. Maybe you pour wax and make your own candle instead of uniting two flames together. You make a candle instead. Whoa. I love that. That's like for the DIY crafty folks out there. Yeah, I really love that. I'm really into candle culture right now. So this is something I'm very into. (laughs) Have you made any candles yourself? I have. Yeah, I love (gasps) making like all natural soy wax, essential oils doesn't leave any black residue when you burn it. It's like very important. What does she not do, you guys? (laughs) I don't do a lot, I promise. That's really cool. Something to note too, that DIY candles just in general have been popular. So this could be a great opportunity to do that. And 
you could work it into your favors. Maybe you make candles to use during the unity ceremony, and then you also make candles to give out as favors. There you go. Or or make candles that also end up on your tables as decor. Hey, multi-purpose, multi-use. I love that idea because then you carry the unity of that melted wax from both of you together into a candle throughout the entire reception. Maybe you want to turn it into a little side hustle, bride hustle, and start an Etsy shop. Who knows? Go crazy. Have fun with it. The limit does not exist. (laughs) Perfect quote. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and another thing, too, in terms of rope-related ceremonies, another option that I've seen is, especially in the Christian tradition or at a Christian wedding, they do a unity braid, basically, like a cord of three strands. And that's also based around a Bible verse, which is from Ecclesiastes 4.12. And it says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We actually have a great DIY tutorial on the blog, which we'll include in the show notes for a unity ceremony board. So it's a big wooden board that's decorative and you can personalize it with a quote or your monogram, wedding date, whatever you want to do, and then have the three strands. And then the two of you will braid the cord and fasten it as your unity ceremony during your wedding. And then it's something that you can, you know, hang in your house to remind you of your wedding ceremony. And so it's meant to like reinforce that if it's just two strands, it's not as stable. But the whole idea is that you and your spouse and God in your marriage, the three of you, means that the cord is not easily broken. And so that's a really popular one as well in Christian weddings. I see. I really like how so much symbolism gets thrown into weddings and it can help you decide what you want to keep and what you want to toss if the actual symbolism means something to you. I think that's a really great way to look at some of the details that you'll add to your wedding. Maybe when you start initially planning, really think about what are these things that maybe you've seen at other weddings and feel like they tug on your heartstrings. They feel like something that means a lot to you because then it's extra special to work it into your day. Right. Yeah. I think obviously if you have a religious affiliation or a faith system, you might want to honor that within your marriage ceremony. And so the unity ceremony is a great way to do that. But if you don't, there are so many other ways to make that same sort of symbolism in your ceremony in a way that feels authentic to you and your partner. Because ultimately... While you may think that the unity candle is strictly rooted in Christianity or in any type of religion, it's really not. The symbolism of the union of two people is what is most important. And however you want to portray that is up to you. Absolutely. So here's a question you're probably expecting. (laughs) Would you keep it or would you toss it? I think... If you can find something that feels authentic to you, I'm not sure specifically what that might look like for myself, but I do like the idea of having something to further reinforce the symbolism of joining together. I also love any of these ideas that we've shared that 
leave you with some sort of keepsake to take home with you and keep in your home to remind you of your wedding day because I think that visual reminder to have in your living room or whatever is so meaningful that you see on a daily basis throughout your marriage. So I think this is great. It's all about finding the right ritual for you and your partner. To that point too, a lot of wedding planning seems to focus so much on the aesthetics of things, what the reception's going to look like and you know, the party part, but really the wedding is about the union of you and your partner and the ceremony is the main event, right? And so finding some way to really make that special and symbolic and visual is really cool. And so I do think it deserves some special attention. I love all the ideas that we've shared. And I know there's probably more that we didn't even touch on in this episode. So if anybody listening has other suggestions, DM us on Instagram, join us in the community, let us know what you're doing for your unity ceremony. It's just amazing to me how creative people get with these ideas. And we want to hear more about ways that you're making this ceremony authentic for you and meaningful. So please share. Yes, please DM us at Budget Savvy Bride on Instagram and join our private community at thebudgetsavvybride.com slash community. These are both great places where you can share because we, as Jess said, love how creative people get and you might just inspire another couple to do something that they wouldn't have thought of before. So let's keep the convo going. Yeah. That said, we love hearing from listeners about what they want to know more about. This very topic, actually, the Unity Candle, came from an early listener who said, please tell me you're going to unpack that on one of these episodes. So let us know what you want us to unpack next. Yeah. We love hearing your feedback and want to know what you want to hear more of and what you are dying to learn more about the history of. And we also love hearing from listeners in general. So as you're listening, if this resonated for you, if you want to share things with us, feel free to screenshot this episode on your phone, share it on Instagram stories and tag us at Budget Savvy Bride. We love interacting with all of you and seeing how we can help you make your wedding day feel more authentic and meaningful for you. Absolutely. So all of that being said, I think we have to close out with a fun wedding fact as usual. Yes. What do you have for us this week? So in the United States, there isn't any law or religious dictate that says the bride must take the groom's last name. But still, 70% of Americans agree that a bride should change her last name. Wow. I knew it was going to be a high percentage, but definitely nowadays we see way less of it, especially when women are already really established in their careers. They don't want to change it. The stat is that 70% of people think they should change their name. Correct doesn't necessarily mean that they do change Right. Yeah. I mean, we could do an entire episode on that, but that was something that I was interested just to know what the stat would be on. Mm-hmm. It's becoming an increasingly more popular conversation that brides are having. I totally agree. It definitely seems to be something that is on a lot of brides' minds these days. Oh, wait, before we go, I just heard back from my mom. What'd she say? (laughs) Dorothy says, Luke and Laura's wedding? 
Is that the answer? That's the answer. Awesome. Luke and Laura, they made the Unity Candle popular. I mean, they were the iconic General Hospital love affair, so makes sense. Well, I'm going to go watch a YouTube clip of Luke and Laura's wedding. Um, The hair is very 80s. It's entertaining. Can't wait. Hey, friends. We wanted to take a quick moment to share a bit about our amazing private community. If you're looking for a little wedding planning oasis away from the noise of social media, this is just the thing for you. Many of you have loved our Facebook group, but this new platform is what we like to call the next level of budget-savvy wedding planning, and it allows you to connect with one another and share resources like never before. Come join us inside for wedding planning support from a like-minded community of smart and savvy brides-to-be. Get advice and feedback from brides, local vendor recommendations, and so much more. Join us inside today by visiting thebudgetsavvybride.com slash community. See you there. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride to empower couples to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. If you've had as much fun as we did, then please catch The Bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you're a bride-to-be looking for a little extra support, then join us in our private community to connect with brides like you. Our community helps to support one another while also sharing the free resources we provide via our website and this podcast. Visit community.thebudgetsavvybride.com to join. As always, stay true to you. We look forward to chatting again soon.